So, you know, when you have an Uber driver that completely inspires you and changes everything for you? Yeah, that's what happened to me. So I played in Richmond this weekend. I played uh, at Maymont with Carbon Leaf. Thanks to everybody that came out to Maymont. It was uh, probably the best show of the year so far. We played some new stuff. We played a lot of the old classics and uh, saw a lot of familiar faces and a lot of new faces. It was really awesome. But um, the next day when I went home, I stayed up pretty late that night. And when I got up early in the morning, I tried the... uh, uh, the thing where you order the Uber the night before. So you schedule an Uber for the morning. And uh, I wasn't feeling great because I, I stayed up a little too late. When I when I went out to the Uber, it was this, the, this guy, a uh, really nice guy um, from Venezuela. And he picked me up. He saw my, my uh, cymbal case and he was like, oh, you're a drummer. So I'm a drummer too. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, this has happened before. And... And uh, I got in the car. It's early. There's not a lot of traffic. But, you know, he's, he's talking to me. He said, yeah, you, you know, what, what, what you were in town for? And I was telling him that was I was playing a show. And it was at Maymont. And, and he, uh, he had never heard of the band before. But this guy was so nice. And I'm, I'm looking through my Uber receipts to, um, to get his name. Let's see. Yesterday, 6 a.m. Angel. 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 So Angel was, is from Venezuela. And he was he was just such a nice guy and such a positive guy. And when we were driving, you know, he could sense I was tired and, and that I had kind of been up all night and and gotten up early and and he was just he was just so nice and gracious but he noticed that I had my cymbals and that he was a drummer and he was telling me all about how he had um he was a drummer and he grew up in Venezuela and he had kids and he had a wife and and that he had played in the Richmond Symphony Orchestra um he played marimba in the Richmond Symphony Orchestra and I was like, you know, when you're just, you just can't believe what you're hearing and you just, you're just not sure. You just, you, or you don't expect it. You don't expect what someone is telling you. So you don't necessarily believe it, but he was, he was just going, telling me about all the stuff that he had been through. And then he had moved back to Venezuela. He played there and, and that he had, he had gotten like hooked on drugs and, and he was he he became he was an alcoholic and then he like man this guy this guy had been through so much and he was like so open with me and it was so cool to hear him tell me his story and he was so positive and he was so happy that I was a drummer and that like I was his first ride of the day and it was cool but this guy had three heart attacks had been hooked on cocaine, had been an alcoholic, been through the ringer, and music was like this guy's life. And then he had moved back to Richmond, got clean. He's been cleaned for like five years. Now he's driving Uber. He's trying to get back into music, and he's just providing for his family. And I don't know. There was just something about it that really hit me. Um, and it's it's like, you know, it, it, it kind of set the tone for my day. It, it hit me pretty hard because, 
you complain about the problems like you know i'm sure you've heard me talk about how i, I have to move in, in the podcast before and just all the little problems that musicians have and, and the things that we go through and all that but this guy had had three heart attacks has a family kids you know everything the whole deal and he and he's driving uber he's got a smile on his face providing for his family and he's gotten clean he's he's happy man it just it just gave me a whole new um it just gave me a whole new outlook for the, for at least that day, which is kind of what I needed for that day. And, uh, so on hell, I don't know if you're listening. Um, you're probably not listening, but, uh, thanks. Thanks for that. Thanks for the ride to, uh, Richmond international airport <clears throat> yesterday morning. Uh, I'm recording this on Monday, uh, July 16th. 15th july 15th it's 11 40 p.m as you can probably tell my voice it's a little late but you know i like to get this out for the commuters in the morning if uh if you like to listen to this on your drive into work or if you like to listen to it at work i'd like to uh, have it for you on tuesday tuesday morning but um you know that inspired me i hope i hope everyone uh is taking their problems or issues in stride and realizing that Things are bigger, and um, there's always something that you can do to make things better or to work harder at something, whether it's your relationships or whether it's, you know, working to get better at something. Um, you can always do it. Angel did it. He had three heart attacks, and uh, he's not making any excuses for himself. He's driving Uber, driving me around, my sorry ass. So if, uh, if he can do it and, uh, if I could get up yesterday morning, then, then you can do it and you can have a good day and try to try to affect people in a positive way. So besides that, um, I think, I thanked everyone for, uh, for coming out to Richmond. That was pretty special. Uh, next week I'll be heading out to Denver to play some shows with Stephen Kellogg. And I'm very excited about that. I have to get back in there and, uh, brush up on the tunes again, just to make sure I'm ready to go. But, um, I will absolutely be ready and, if you're out there for those shows, uh, go to stephenkellogg.com, check out those tour dates. Uh, Carbon Leaf, I know we just announced some new tour dates. Um, I believe the Wolf's Den at Mohegan Sun, uh, my hometown of Boston, or I guess technically Cambridge at the Sinclair, will be there. Um, we got the Annapolis dates. We got uh, the last day of the year in Richmond. So go check out the tour dates at carbonleaf.com as well. Uh, you can check out jessehumphrey.com. All those tour dates will be listed there as well. And you can hear this podcast there. You can stream it. Um, please remember to subscribe, review, and rate the podcast. It's very important and it helps a lot. So if you see those five stars pop, pop in, pop in a little click to the fifth star, that'd be, that'd be pretty great. Um, so today on the show, this is a special, a very, very special episode. So today on the show, I have Sarah Hagen. Sarah Hagen is 
the director I, i'm getting this wrong i get it wrong every time but it's the director of artist relations worldwide for vic firth and zildjian symbols so zildjian symbols i explained a little bit in the in the podcast but zildjian symbols are like when i was a kid they were the end all be all of symbols it was all i wanted to play when I was a young drummer, my first good pair of hi-hats were Zildjian cymbals. And I was so, so proud to play those cymbals. And they sounded so much better than anything that I'd ever had previously. So many of my heroes played Zildjian cymbals. Buddy Rich played Zildjian cymbals. Gene Krupa played Zildjian cymbals. Steve Gadd played Zildjian cymbals. Nate Smith. Anybody who's anybody plays those it's a big deal that's that's what i'm trying to say it's a big deal and vic firth sticks that's all i've played since i was a little kid vic firth i've always had a dream to have my signature on a vic firth stick and that is a little bit of what this episode represents for me she is a massachusetts native she's worked at zildjian for either 15 or over 15 years she goes to every big concert any zildjian endorser like carter beaufort of dave matthews band uh, i believe is one of the examples she uses in this episode she went to the to the show and got to see the kit and hang out with carter and see him play and see him smile and and see him absolutely crush it behind the kit she's the one behind all the great artists that you see behind the drums playing Zildjian cymbals. And if you ever get a chance to take a tour at the Zildjian factory, um, it's in Massachusetts. It's, it's something else. It's so much history. There's drum kits. You get to see the vault where all the cymbals are, where the artists pick their cymbals and then they wheel them out to the drum kits in, in the, um, in the, uh, the drummer's lounge which is where we actually recorded this episode and i was nervous i'm not gonna lie i was a little bit nervous i was around all that history around all those symbols around the drum set i had never met sarah before and she couldn't have been any sweeter and any nicer um and i'm so happy that she uh took the time to 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 do the podcast it, it was just it was just great we had just had such a great conversation and uh and i'm so happy for you guys to hear this um again you know it, it's a little bit of inside baseball about some of the gear and stuff like that but man i th- i think anybody who's anybody will enjoy this It'll be great. But without further ado, and first of all, this 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 podcast is ded- dedicated to Angel, who had three heart attacks, gave me a ride to the airport in Richmond, and who played uh, marimba in the in the Richmond Symphony Orchestra, and who was just such a great guy, and made me made me uh, feel really good when I didn't feel so good that morning. Um, thanks, Angel, and. Uh, and I hope you, I really, really hope you enjoy this episode. So give it up for the great Sarah Hagen. In your eyes, will you grow, but you're never getting old. Never getting old. Never getting old. In your eyes, will you grow, but you're never getting old. Never getting old. Never getting old. I didn't realize how much I said, you know, 
oh, okay, until yeah. I started doing this. Yeah. And it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's quite a bit. I bet. Yeah. You just don't know. You just don't until know. Until you hear yourself. Then you're like, oh, that's my voice. Wait a minute. Yeah. That's what I sound like. Are yeah. you from around here? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you grew up around here? I grew up, yes, on the South Shore. Like okay. about half an hour from here, just a couple of towns over. What what town? Hanson. Hanson. Hanson? Like little kind of small town, um, you know, lived near cows. Really? Basically, yeah. Oh, I don't think yeah. I've ever even heard of Hanson. Hanson, uh, Whitman Hanson is like the regional school district. Okay, all right. But, um, yeah, small community. Are you still yeah. there? or do you No, I, I live really close, though, like okay. a town, town over. Like, uh, you know, I never really, um, I thought about, you know, taking a job in another state kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I love California, love Nashville. Yeah. Um, but this you know zildjian i've been here for 15 years so 15 years 15 years yeah so what um position did you start in i started i actually interned i interned here in um artist relations and was that through a school thing or it was through college yes yeah i went to college locally and um did an internship for my english degree Okay. And that's how I ended up interning here. And then I started um, also in artist relations as the events coordinator. Okay. What kind of events would you, would you do? It, at that time, it was mostly clinic tours. Um, okay. So guys would come through town. Or, well, or would it be like throughout the country? Yeah, throughout the country. Okay. We would have artists um, on tour. Do, you know, they would do a clinic tour mm-hmm. throughout maybe like the eastern half of the U.S. or, you know, through the Midwest. And mm-hmm. I would basically organize all of that, work with the music stores, um, book flights, mm-hmm. do all that kind of thing, hotels. and oh, wow. Um, yeah. So that's like booking, booking the flights and coordinating all that stuff for the artists that was done through Zildjian. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's we, an interesting fact that I didn't didn't realize. Yes, um, all the companies back in the day, you know, it was yeah. cl- clinic tours were just more common back then. But we yeah. used to book of uh, about three major clinic clinic tours a year. Okay. So, and that's just in the U.S. We also did a lot of international clinic tours and it's more common to see clinic tours like uh throughout asia we did one last year through india we had um a south american clinic tour mm-hmm. last year so uh but in in the states we used to do three major clinic tours a year okay and it was a lot kind of to like organize and put them on right that's a lot of, that of work to, that goes into that mm-hmm. a lot of like marketing and absolutely you gotta sell the tickets you got to get people in the room and obviously the artists or what kind of artists were you were you dealing with or who specifically yeah i think the f- maybe one of the first ones i did was um greg bissonette yeah uh we did a bunch with steve gad um dennis chambers keith carlock thomas pridgen mm-hmm. john blackwell gavin harrison marco mm-hmm. miniman just trying to remember off the top of my head yeah all the the heavy all hitters, the greats yeah all the greats <laughs> man that's cool so you you went to school for English? I did. Okay. Yes. <laughs> How does that translate to what I'm doing? Well, when, yeah, doing? so like yeah. was that was in- English just a passion of yours and you just somehow like was like oh the, the Zildjian thing you know, like, why <laughs> drums why Zildjian and why English? Right. Why English? Yeah. Um I I do love reading poetry all yeah. of that you know 
the the language in general. Um, but I was going to school for uh, criminal justice, and I wanted to go to law school. Okay. I wanted to go into, um, you know, music law, entertainment, mm-hmm. con- contract law. Um, what better people to oversee than drummers? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I'm a drummer, so it was like You're a drummer natural. Too. Yes, yeah. So I'm a drummer. Love music. Grew up with music, and just um, wanted to. I wanted to find a way to continue in music, knowing that. I really didn't want to be kind of a touring drummer. It just that that wasn't in the cards. I love playing drums, love playing music, um, and love doing it kind of like for the fun of it. Um, When you grew up, were your your parents into music? Not not playing instruments, Mm -hmm. but just always had music playing. My dad was into classic rock. Okay. Um, Always playing you know always classic rock on the radio um he had a business where he would they would have music going all the time Mm -hmm. all the car rides so i heard a lot of zeppelin stones you know all that great stuff my dad used to like test me yeah like we would have the radio (laughs) on the car we used to take a lot of long long road trips Mm -hmm. because my dad's family's out in ohio oh okay so we didn't have the money to to fly especially back then so it's like now when you're driving you 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 know you're in the car i have two siblings so i have my headphones on i'm singing out loud and they're they're hitting me trying to tell me to shut up and uh and he's like oh who's this on the radio mm-hmm. i was like ozzy osbourne and, you know and just <laughs> quizzing you constantly yeah anyway but. you know what you know what's crazy is that so i grew up listening to classic rock with my dad mm-hmm. and when i started like buying cds for myself and mm-hmm. um ordering do you remember um bmg where you could like yeah. order cds through the mail yeah so i loved i would you know order the cds and then go like go back and find other cds from artists that i loved and um do you remember what your so first cd was my first mine's embarrassing C- <laughs> um let me think for a second my you know i think like the first group of cds i bought from bmg it was like um a bunch of tool nine inch nails and alice in chains i'm sure that's like the mix of it yeah. um and i all right so heavy, it was so heavy, heavy music, yes yeah. so when i started when i started buying my own music i love heavy rock music i i would play some of that stuff um i i just remember my dad you know i would play it and and drum along to it Mm -hmm. and i remember my dad saying like what are you listening to and i loved um older metallica you know the injustice for all and i would i would play that music and i remember my dad saying what are you listening to and i was thinking like um, you know, you have to listen to this, Dad. You have to hear this. The funniest thing is that the station that he listens to, his classic rock station, I was with him recently. He had his station on. And, of course, you know, it's playing some Zeppelin. And, yeah. And then what comes on but Metallica, old school Metallica. And I had to I bet he started liking of, it then. He loves it. He yeah. loves it. He loves <laughs> Alice in Chains now. And yeah. and it's funny because it's now that's classic rock music, right. which is a little bit frightening. It's weird. But <laughs> I remember thinking about that when I was younger. I was like, is when, this, when is this right. going to be classic rock? Because you look at it, it's yes. like, all right, well, it's inevitable that it's going right. to happen. When is my music going to be classic? When is my music going to be Yikes. not cool for, <laughs> for the kids? But it's so cool. It's so great. So cool. It's yeah. great. So I love that. 
now now my dad listens to my music. Were you like a rebel in high school? Like kind of like a gothy, not no. goth, but I don't know. <laughs> was I a goth? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Were you a goth? <laughs> I was, um, I don't think I was a rebel. I was really into music and I had a group of friends that, you know, I they were just really great. Mm-hmm. kids yeah and I kind of was um I was friends with a lot of different groups you know yeah. friends with kids who played sports and friends with kids who were into music and um kind of un- unified by music like mm-hmm. all the kids who played sports loved music too yeah. so it was really nice because we had kind of a common bond um I feel like that's rare because my high school was kind of the same way mm-hmm. like I went to I went to Cranston High School West in Cranston Rhode Island mm-hmm. that's where I grew up and the school a lot I played baseball but a lot of the kids on the team and a lot of the kids that were playing sports like football and stuff I was in the marching band and everything mm-hmm. um, they were also like in choir mm-hmm. and, and it was it was a very eclectic group so yes. I felt so lucky to be a musician and like have all these friends like I was friends with the theater kids and right. the, the artists and and all that. and you get I don't know I just I feel like that experience mm-hmm. was such a great experience I look back now and I'm like wow a lot of people don't have that experience right because I play with a lot of singer songwriters and a lot of times they write about like you know a lot of a lot of their music if if pain is involved mm-hmm. it comes from their experiences in like middle school and high school being bullied right being excluded yeah being excluded and 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 how they overcame that or Mm -hmm. you know and and i guess in uh in just ways like that they try to that's where they pull from right Um, and being misunderstood being misunderstood yeah yeah, exactly that's huge and and i don't know i think i think that was a lucky experience and it's Mm -hmm. nice to know that there's Obviously, there's other places like that, but it's right. cool that you came from a place like that. Yeah, I, I really felt like that growing up. I mean, I know that there were, you know, there were people who were, who did feel excluded. Yeah. Um, which always, you know, I always um, tried to just be friends with everybody, yeah. you know, because there's people can like different things people can be into different things everybody mm-hmm. has something to offer, you right. know, and so, um, but I do feel like music is some somehow like universally binding yeah you know no, that, way, like, no matter where you go that you cliche can, univer- it, universal language of music right. you it's know? so true yeah. um you can go around the world i think it's really interesting everywhere i've been there has been u.s uh music playing mm-hmm. um and sometimes it's it's kind of funny because i was recently in paris and it seemed like everywhere I went, Elvis was playing. Interesting. And I'm thinking like, oh, okay, <laughs> like that's yeah. what's happening here right now. Which makes sense um, when you think of when you think of Paris, you're thinking of like, you know, I can imagine Frank Sinatra or Elvis playing, right? Like, some kind of like some classic, kind of classic. <laughs> yeah. You know, people wearing fedoras. And, right. I don't know. Right. It just it felt right somehow. But then you think like, wait a minute, how come we're not hearing French music? And of course, we right. hear French music right. too. But like um, music, it's big. Like. One of U.S.'s biggest exports, mm-hmm. movies, music, any kind of media right. art or anything like that. So. Yeah, absolutely. Movies, too. That's a really good point. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, we have artists, um, Germany in particular uh, sticks out to me just because I've had this conversation with a few of our artists from Germany that they learned English watching 
like Arnold movies. Schwarzenegger, basically, yeah. Yeah. Um, which I love because love then they can David do Hasselhoff. amazing. They can yes, and David David Hasselhoff, <laughs> but um, you know the the amazing. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonations. It's just, I, I love. <laughs> I was playing over, I had a, a, a tour manager and driver over in, in the UK. And it's just the best listening to those guys do the American accent. And it's always from movies. And it's always. Yeah, it's always so good. It's always so good. But it's right? always like California, like Valley Girl. It's always that thing. And it's always really funny to hear them try out these impressions. Yeah, I can appreciate I can appreciate anyone who can do a good yeah. impression. That's like one of my, the things that I absolutely cannot do. Yeah. And I won't even try because it's that bad. Um, but I'm known for having an Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonation that sounds like Sean Connery. So it's just, <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm at with that. So anyone who can, Needs a you know, work. yeah, yeah. I, mean, I need a, I need a coach there, I think. <laughs> Listening to all the heavy music, all the rock, mm-hmm. was there any particular... Were you always into what you were into, or was there any particular moment where you heard something that you were like, oh shit, like this, mm-hmm. this is something else? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, when I was a kid, I was really into lyrics. You know, I would ride in the, mostly I just remember riding in the car listening to music and, and asking my mom about her, because she listened to oldies. Yeah. So she would listen to oldies and, and kind of pop music at the time too. So like we're talking 80s pop music. Okay. And I would ask her all the time, what is that? What are they talking about? What is this song about? Um, she would explain and she loved to sing. So she would sing all the time. We'd sing together. And so I got really into like the meaning of music. And so, which a whole other topic is, you know, just kind of how music can follow you through your life and the meaning kind of changes for you as you, mm-hmm. as you change as a person, which right. I always think is interesting to kind of go back and listen and re and, and feel things differently, yeah. you know? Um, but I realized from a really young age that I had a really kind of like visceral reaction to music. Mm-hmm. So especially listening to um, music with great lyrics that I felt connected to or listening to music with my dad with the classic rock music so drum and guitar heavy Mm -hmm. I wasn't really paying attention to the words at all so in that case the feeling that music would give me you know and I would um, just really have like a physical reaction just of kind of like the hair standing up on the back of your neck when you hear something absolutely Um, so then so I, I listened to what they listened to, of course. And then when I did kind of start exploring music myself, um, it's funny because, you know, I had a very happy childhood and had, you know, uh, a really nice family and parents who were great. And I gravitated toward music like Nine Inch Nails and mm-hmm. Tool that has kind of like a, um, you know, ministry. It kind of has like a darker yeah feeling to it and yeah. and the lyrics are kind of on the darker side but right. but also deep you know the yeah. the lyrics are really deep and the music is really deep and yeah. so and there's so many layers to it you know so, so would you say that it hits like an opposite side of your personality something that not necessarily people see right up front yeah i would absolutely say that you know at the <laughs> at the core i am an analyzer so like i want to know why you know what that's about and what feeling is behind that yes totally i'm the same way if i get something new yeah 
it's a like a month i won't listen to anything mm-hmm. else people hate driving with me because like can right. you stop playing the same cd over and, and that's over exactly i mean yeah. the same cd on repeat until I felt like I grasped the yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, because there's you know? only something to listen to. Because as a drummer, you know yourself, like at first you might be listening to the the drums or and then like the lyrics. Like, would you say you listen to the lyrics first of all to get the meaning? Yeah, I mean, it kind of depends on what what band it is or what piece of music you know if it's like lyric heavy like tool i was always you know well these were the days you know we couldn't just like google everything so i would listen over and over again and like write down what i could hear yeah and then try to kind of like analyze how that fit with the music it's really complex Um, it's amazing right and just you know maynard in particular Mm -hmm. is just a brilliant writer right um cannot wait to hear this latest album now they went on killing me a couple (laughs) years ago i think i had a conversation with um with my buddy about it was about the uh the boston calling and how that was like their first Mm -hmm. like foray back into playing right in a while Mm -hmm. yeah so they've done some festivals this year okay and i as far as what i've heard the album's done Mm -hmm. and I think it's supposed to be released before the end of the summer, maybe. Yeah. Um, that's what I've heard. I have friends of friends yeah. who have kind of kept me updated, which is really track. nice. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, it's good. Um, so that's been really good. It's awesome. Just, you know, desperate for some new tool some music. new tool, yeah. When I'm listening, I started off, like, my, my dad was big into music my mom was too my mom was the same way as as yours like had the oldies going we listened to a lot of doobie brothers a lot of like, mm-hmm. van morrison yeah. the band um you know levon's a big influence of yes. mine and, and millions of other drummers out there um but like i was listening to a lot of prog rock through my dad mm-hmm. so return to forever mm-hmm. was always in the pa that i was i was playing to lenny white all the time that's great and that instilled in me to listen to the rhythm and the chords and the way that the the chordal will play with your emotions and and stuff like that and mm-hmm. i didn't get into lyrics until much later sure so it was like and when i finally did it was a whole new world. It was like a whole new way of listening to music and, right. and a whole new way to approach playing music too. Yeah. And I, you know, after, so that, that was kind of a period of time in my life, middle school aged into high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I got into playing jazz music in the school band, the jazz band. Yeah. And then that whole world opened up for me because, mm-hmm. because that wasn't part of my childhood. Yeah. Um, my, my grandparents would play some jazz and some, you know, classical music. Right. But other than that, not until I got, you know, into high school was I really kind of exposed yeah. to all that stuff between concert band, jazz band, and then, you know, playing in the marching band, which I loved so much because yeah. I was so into like snare drum music and just, you know, reading, yeah, basically reading like the intricate snare music. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I like the snare. Who music. says that? I don't know. <laughs> no, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. Did that affect your playing? Like, as far as you know, because I know drummers like Chad Sexton has uh, from Three Eleven has a lot of um, marching influence mm-hmm. and a lot of regimented influence yes. in his playing. And exactly, um, and some you know, it's really interesting because a lot of the a lot of the um, the great drum set players are mm-hmm. 
from the marching background. Steve Gadd was too. Yeah. yeah, and actually Danny Danny Carey too. Right. Um, yeah. But I I was um, it it made it a little bit dif- difficult to because I started on just snare. Mm-hmm. I started playing snare, reading snare music, and um, then playing in the marching band. So when it came to improvising or like kind of relaxing in the music, that mm-hmm. was something that I had to learn. Right. It wasn't like the other way around where I kind of started just playing freely. Right. So that was a little bit challenging, but I do think that like that's starting with the core of reading music and understanding right. the notes and all of that really yeah. was helpful and sticking, you know, and mm-hmm. dynamics too. Right. Um, Sometimes the, you know all the important foundation. Right, pieces, the foundation yeah. exactly. Yeah. I think that was really helpful yeah. in the end. The hard thing for me is I had to go back and kind of forget what I learned mm-hmm. and kind of rebuild my foundation because I I was so hooked on playing to 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 tunes to tracks and, mm-hmm. and and stuff like that that's how i learned and it was all visual all you know all through creative all through he- hearing like right. ear stuff and then when i finally went to go get a formal education i was like man i've been doing all this wrong so i had to get the understanding and then finally your brain gets out of the way right and then you can do it um but it takes time if, if you don't start with the fa- building a house with a foundation you're gonna have a pretty shitty house right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's true i think it can it can kind of go both ways whatever path you take both are important right yeah. you know the kind of like fundamentals plus that yeah. ability to kind of listen play by ear and be yeah. creative and, yeah. and relaxed about it there's no like right or wrong way mm-hmm. but you know there's you have to have your your method and stuff mm-hmm. like that do you remember um like when did you start going out to see bands and like and go to concerts and stuff like yeah super I, early? I started going out to see bands i was i think i was 13 when i went to see 13. my first concert um i saw page and plant at the garden the boston garden mm-hmm. and was just like totally changed yeah um they played with the boston symphony orchestra and i particularly (laughs) first concert (laughs) right i i just i particularly remember them playing cashmere with the strings and i was just like yeah wow what am i seeing like that right exactly it was beautiful and um so to me live music is so incredibly important Mm -hmm. just having that experience just being of being connected with the artist Mm -hmm. and then also i love hearing the interpretation of the music that they've recorded right you know some some people play it play the music exactly to the the letter and you feel like you're listening to the cd and then other times you hear changes and differences and you know jams happening it's always interesting to me like who likes to hear it like the cd Mm -hmm. and who likes to hear it different yeah. or, or like reworked i think certain bands are one way and certain bands are the other way yeah um metallica mm-hmm. i love to hear them play just like the cd yeah why is that i don't know <laughs> I, well like, i think i think because there's a mathematical element to yeah, it yeah i think you're right do you feel the same way about tool and about most yes, of the, like, I do. Metal bands like that. Yeah, I love. I mean, I want to. I, I love that music so much that I want to hear it recreated. And I yeah. think it's like it has to be such a challenge to yeah. recreate some of that 
some of those riffs, all the well, guitar the, solos, yeah. you know, all the of arranging. that stuff. The, the arranging in that stuff is yeah. so important. Right. It's so important. Mm-hmm. And if they veer away, I can see it being pretty easy for the fans or listeners to be like, what are they doing? <laughs> you know? But yeah. if you have like the Grateful Dead or right or if you're Co, expecting yeah they, I mean they can go anywhere exactly they take you on a journey some and and I, th- I think that like you have to know the band to kind of expect what you'll right. be experiencing right. I, I just went to see um, Dave Matthews band I saw and, your Instagram oh, with yeah. that behind Carter's kit yes yeah Pretty just amazing those yeah. those guys and Carter has such a love for what he's doing and you can just see it on his face yeah um seeing someone enjoy what they do so much is so inspiring no matter what it is but you know he works so hard up there and he's so great and then to just see him laughing and smiling and and having a blast i I just think they're so talented and they're so good at what they do and they're great at reinventing themselves and it's nice to know that carter is up there still smiling Mm -hmm. still absolutely crushing it he's one of the best drummers in the world right you know and his sound is so so his sound absolutely yeah very distinctive and and every member of the band is so talented musically yeah um they have um a newer member on on keys and uh singing backup and he was just so great yeah i could see from where i was standing he was on the other side of the stage and every time he would sing mm-hmm. i was like man that just lends so much to the music and and carter sings back up too i think i yeah. think dave matthews band is one of those bands that like you always do those really high to, notes yeah exactly yeah. you need to see them live yeah you know just to experience the musicianship in that band mm-hmm. it's so great yeah i really wanted to go to that show i just couldn't make it happen but um yeah they're great i mean there's they've been through a lot of changes mm-hmm. um you know with, yeah with a couple recently yeah but um, I actually might go see Warren Haynes tomorrow. Speaking of oh, great Dave Matthews and my yeah. his I know his guitar tech, so he might be doing this with me tomorrow. So but, that's great. Uh, yeah, there are a lot a of great times. shows coming around this summer. Can't remember who's playing at like Fenway this year, but yeah, Fenway. Um, who is playing Fenway? Fish is playing Fenway. Mm-hmm. My um, wife works at the Marriott right next door to Fenway, so she's oh, like great. Everyone that comes to the show. Or we, we we're lucky enough to get tickets mm-hmm. most of the time but um everybody that goes to the shows will stay at that hotel oh that's cool it's yeah well yeah it's, it's well an experience. it must be crazy <laughs> <laughs> it's an experience but yeah man, i've seen a, some great shows there me too yes um jt I'm, and and uh jay-z was yes. one of my favorites yeah saw paul mccartney a couple years ago which was great yep um the who is playing there this year oh that's awesome zach brown band they're always there. They're so great. Um, I saw Pearl Jam there last year, which was, yeah, I was fantastic. I was at, yeah. They did two nights, right? They did. I was at the one that Mark Giuliano was at. Um, oh, yes. That was not the night I was at because I missed him. When he played, yeah. when he played Cowbell. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I missed that. It was awesome. Mark's so great. It's like, this man is very overqualified <laughs> for the Cowbell. For the Cowbell, but he's going to play oh that Cowbell better than, than yeah. everyone. Yeah. Speaking of Mark Giuliano, I just saw his latest video that he mm-hmm. put out um where he's the playing with sweat, the da- yes, sweatsuits. Yeah. yeah and the dancer mm-hmm. so cool very very creative he's he has one of those man. creative minds that's just you know 
You those wanna, are the best ones. Yeah, those exactly. Are the, best ones. the ones that approach. Those, uh, those are my favorite drummers to listen to. Mm-hmm. The ones that approach things musically. Right. And yeah. with kind of like a mind that you know is thinking on a different level. Yeah. You know, I think of Mark and I think of Zach Danziger and, mm-hmm. you know, those guys, like their brain functions at like a higher level, you know, and yeah. they're, they're accessing some part that's just super creative. Right. Um, I love that. I love, you know, sometimes when I can't grasp, grasp something, it's even more fascinating. Mm-hmm. You know, you just want to be like, okay, you are doing something that's on a whole other plane and I'm just going to enjoy it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. When you find when you find that stuff, you're like, I don't know whether to be scared of this or to love it or <laughs> I don't know what to do. Like I don't know yeah. what's like um uh Josh Dion. Uh, mm-hmm. that guy Yes is incredible. He really is. Yeah. I was playing a show at Rockwood Music Hall and they came on after us. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't you know, Rockwood's like hour by hour doesn't matter there's no opener or closer it doesn't matter but he went on stage and he was setting up and me as a singing drummer i went up there i'm like okay so he's got like that old sure microphone like in between his legs kind of coming up straight mm-hmm. straight like up to his face obviously it's a microphone and the keyboard mm-hmm. on the floor tom mm-hmm. and then he just starts playing and it's like just how he was playing was so powerful and intense and cool yeah i was like mesmerized by it. right I, I remember i remember the first time i saw a video of him yeah and i was like how is he doing this how is this even humanly possible yeah well it's just because like the coordination <coughs> the coordination when you're when you're playing drums obviously and then when you add singing into it um and then adding harmony and melody coordination between your fingers right it's out of control yeah i mean that's like incredible not only limb independence but like Mm -hmm. segmenting parts of your brain right right that is excuse me parts of your brain incredibly like yeah it's it's unbelievable Mm. and i you know i hope for everyone to go check him out he's you know new york guy and for sure but um so when you started working at zildjian yes you were an intern Mm mm-hmm and you worked your way up to your job title is head worldwide head of artist relations, Direct, director, director of artist relations. Yep, for, for um, Zildjian and Vic Firth now. So for right for symbols uh, and sticks. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now, when did the merger happen? It actually happened in 2010. Okay. But um, everyone moved here to this building. That wasn't until 2000. 16. Okay. So it was a good span of time there where everything was really totally separate, except kind mm-hmm. of at the, the highest level. Mm-hmm. And then throughout time, things were kind of merged together. Right. Um, although it's very much one company, two brands. So right. everything is still You still separate. make Zildjian sticks, right? We still make Zildjian sticks. We have okay. a totally different brand, yeah. um, totally different like brand message for Zildjian sticks. Okay. In separate from Vic Firth sticks, okay. Uh, separate rosters from Zildjian and Vic Firth. Mm-hmm. So you know we have some Vic Firth artists who are not Zildjian symbol artists, and vice versa. So okay, yeah. Well, because I guess it all depends on like what the player's into. And mm-hmm. It's pretty per- pretty personal. You don't want to bring someone yes. over that isn't into 
the product or, or, or whatnot. But, right, absolutely. I mean, know. really, especially when it comes to um, sound, when we're talking about symbols, how much mm-hmm. it affects the sound of someone's playing and someone's music, yeah. and that's it's so personal. Um, someone not only someone's symbol brand but then like within that brand what symbols they choose and mm-hmm. play so it, it is incredibly personal to that to yeah. every individual well it's, I, I feel like it's it's kind of everything you know mm-hmm. drums drums and heads like you can get them pretty much anything mm-hmm. to, to anywhere exactly symbols is a completely different story it really is sticks is a completely different story yeah because i've played vic firth sticks my whole life um i started off getting lessons when i was very very young Mm -hmm. and uh with john regusta in cranston rhode island but the sticks that he put in my hands they always just felt right they always had rolled and weren't um they weren't warped right you know because that was the hardest thing back in the day to find a pair of sticks that that was that like were straight. the same. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they were straight, they wait, you know. Yeah. I mean, really across the board, qualities come so far mm-hmm. in such a short amount of time. But Vic Firth has always been known for being the best quality as far as, yeah. you know, straightness and the the grain. Yeah. Um, There's something like in also inherently like American about that company. Yes. Because it has the American flag American on every flag, every pair of sticks. American hickory. American hickory, Mar- red, white, and blue. Like right. the the emblem Made in America. and everything. Made in America. So mm-hmm. it's just one of those companies. I feel like people are like, all right, this is this is what I'm going to go with, mm-hmm. and this is what works. Right. It's always worked. And the offerings, you know, um, it's pretty incredible. We've been, you know, we always, we had Zildjian sticks Mm -hmm. since I started here and before. Mm -hmm. And then Vic Firth started making Zildjian sticks. I had been here for about probably a few years. And then we changed um, over. We had our own factory. Yeah. And we changed over to having Vic Firth make our sticks before the merger. So they were making Zildjian sticks before the merger. Okay. And just the quality, I mean, what we were getting for our product for Zildjian was incredible. And, you know, the same quality standards, we didn't publicize that fact at the time um, because it's a separate brand, you know, but. So that's just like a, a, from a marketing standpoint, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't do that. But I feel like, I feel like if I knew Vic Firth was making a Zildjian (laughs) stick, I'd just make one stop. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And and it you know, we've had we've been really lucky to have an incredible roster of artists on the Zildjian side yeah. too for years. I mean we it's have pretty it's pretty remarkable the the artist roster in Zildjian. Like my perception of Zildjian was always and this isn't supposed to be about all Zildjian or whatever, this is about you, but mm-hmm. my perception of the company of Zildjian was just always excellence. It's always like what you want to get. Lately, things change and you want to try different things out, mm-hmm. but you always come back. Like, I feel like people always come back to Zildjian. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's great, to, come back that's to, great to hear. I love that, yeah. that that's kind of like what you think of. Because there's, the so there's so many companies out there mm-hmm. that are doing so many different things. Yeah. And like, I don't know if you want to talk about specific certain symbols and certain um, like series of symbols mm-hmm. and stuff like that and, and how the market has changed and how drumming sure. has changed. Um is that something you're interested in? Yeah. Talking oh about? my gosh. Okay. I, I could talk symbols all day long. So okay. yeah, that's cool. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing how far sound 
options have come. Mm-hmm. When the company first came to America and started making A Zildjian symbols, that's all that was made at the right. factory. A Zildjians. Um, I feel like that's like what Buddy Rich played. So, yeah, Cooper played. Yeah, exactly. Every, all everybody, the played, everybody, everybody played. Everybody played A Zildjians, mm-hmm. and a few things kind of affect the the direction of sound, and you know besides what people are listening to musically the quality of recording mm-hmm. the quality of um amplification at venues right you know back in the like 70s and 80s we made symbols that projected because right. we didn't you know you if you're playing an arena you have to have like heavy symbols with big bells you need to be able to project that right. symbol sound to the to the audience um now we have incredible sound systems pretty mm-hmm. much everywhere so so you can make you a know, quieter symbol with a little a, bit more nuance exactly yeah mm-hmm. and a darker symbol mm-hmm. where you don't have to have such bright overtones to mm-hmm. be heard so you know making the k's uh coming back with the k's in the 80s and then expanding making a customs in the 90s beautiful kind of brilliant symbols that were thinner they didn't have to be so thick anymore Um, redesigning the a line so that it wasn't as heavy and the profile shapes were a little bit lower and the bells weren't as large um, Mm -hmm. to kind of go along with what people were asking for what drummers were asking for and i think that's really one of the most important things that we do is listen to the drummers, listen to the music. Yeah. When um, the company first started working with artists like Gene Krupa and asking them, what do you need? Mm-hmm. And then creating symbols for the need. Yep. I think that was a huge step, really, really important. And that's what we've continued to do over time. So now we have the most incredible offering as far as sound goes, You know, from the do you brightest. Guys feel like, do you guys feel like you have the most versatile symbol in the business? I do. Absolutely. Oh, there's an inflection I mean, there, though. I know. I know. I totally do. And it's funny that you say like the most versatile symbol because I feel like so many of our symbols are incredibly versatile. So, right. um, the K Suite line that we just introduced last yeah. year. I have a 23 inch. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I. And I know I am partial, and I <laughs> I know that is true, and I'll just say that up front. However. I go to a lot of stores. I attend a lot of events. I talk with a lot of artists who play any brand of cymbal. I hear mm-hmm. cymbals all day long, watch tons of videos. I really feel like the K-Suite line is the most versatile cymbal mm-hmm. out there. Like it's just, you can play it. We have jazz artists playing it. We have big country artists who are playing arenas playing. We've got rock guys, we've got metal yeah. guys. The best thing about that line of cymbals, and I don't have any of the crashes, I feel like whenever mm-hmm. I've tried the crashes, it just wasn't my sound. Mm-hmm. But the ride in particular had, and this was the 23, I don't think I tried, it was like a 21. 21, yep. I don't think I tried the 21, but the thing about it was it cut through, mm-hmm. it cut through the mix, had a, a good, really has a really good bell on it, mm-hmm. And, but it doesn't have that pingy '90s sound right. to it. It has a it, you. It ha- gives you stick definition, but it gives you a really nice. There's a wash to it. Stick definition, and yeah. you can crash it. Yeah, yeah. I love crashing right? that symbol. It's great. I feel like it's it the huge. the unicorn ride. Like it, yeah. you know, because be- <laughs> people ask all the time. I need a ride symbol that has stick definition. You can crash it. Has a great bell. Right. Isn't too pingy. And yeah. projects well because like the con the Constantinopolis, I feel like that's the the most versatile mm-hmm. uh, line. Um, 
just for my particular taste. Mm-hmm. But the bells are always a little weak on right. them. Right. So if yeah, you, the ba- the the yeah. that line of symbols, um, the bells are not yeah, high, it's not, it's and not they're for that. yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. So uh, some of them, like the the Renaissance ride, has a really nice bell on it. Mm-hmm. Um, the K Constantinople medium thin low, the twenty two inch. Yeah, that that's a great. It, I feel like the nice the nice thing about the symbols is that they are they're all different. Whether mm-hmm. whether you are buying the same symbol, no two symbols are the same. Exactly. Um, so you have to like really get in there specific i have a 23 inch um prototype that i got from zildjian days back when berkeley did the uh daddy's junkie music thing oh yeah and uh man that that thing is so great but it has no bell on it and it's so it feels fragile Mm -hmm. and i won't take it on an airplane right so like i i'm so yeah, obsessive over I, that symbol. i think i think some, i should have brought it today just, yeah, to, just to show you i would love to hear it it's, it's but incredible. i do think some some symbols don't belong on airplanes right like they, don't. <laughs> they do not it scares me I you know i hear all the horror stories so the tsa yeah. is usually pretty good mm. they'll open the thing okay it's symbols they'll mm-hmm. put the little pamphlet we checked it they'll shut it the last time i flew they took everything out then they put like the hi hat on the bottom, and Yikes. it was it was horrible. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, oh jeez. Yeah, and I mean, it it's happens. not like it used to be where you could just carry things into right. you know onto the plane. Right. Um, so it does make me nervous. There are some great cases out there though that people yeah. swear by. So I have I have the SKB hard case, mm-hmm. like the the big big guy, and it's great. Yep. Rolls. Yeah. All, all that good yeah, stuff. Yeah, the roller case. You don't have to one. hold it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Do you feel like uh, the competition has gotten stiffer over over the last few years? Um, I, I w- think specifically within the last five years. I would say the competition's been stiff for a long time. Yeah. Um, because, like you said earlier, there's so many symbol companies popping up. Yeah. Um, I think Meinl has been making a very big push. Yeah. Really, Istanbul has been making a big push. Yeah, Meinl, um, in particular, marketing-wise, you know, they do a lot. As far as yeah. uh, marketing their products. Um, yeah, and Istanbul is always kind of, you know, they have like a very specific product. It's a little more boutique-y. Yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, 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 I always think, you know, you, you never take anybody for granted in this industry. Yeah. I, someone could pop up from anywhere yeah. with a really great product. Um, it's true. You know, the ability to kind of make symbols is, is not as... Um, unattainable as it once was where you really had to have a a facility with a foundry back in the day and all the equipment and now you you can purchase blanks from other companies and work them and there are companies that do that yep Um, but as far as you know being a company with all of these sound options and always innovating one of the things that that um, we're always trying to do is make sure that we are following the music, you know, like what's happening now, what's going to be happening in the future, how can we plan for that, and what is right around the bend. I feel like that's something that drum companies, instrument companies, you know, Zildjian, and that is something that you guys do great. Like, thank you. To see how the music changes, Mm -hmm. you know, way more drummers are going for the darker sound mm-hmm. you know whether it's the k special dry series or whether they're going to get the minor dry stuff or right now it's the foundry reserve which mm-hmm. is which is like the biggest thing that people are talking about mm-hmm. and i feel like you guys 
have already been doing that. That's just their version of what Zildjian sure. already does well. Just the changes, how how you guys change with the sound, because you have great artists that are like telling you what they want, and you listen. It's obvious yes. that you're listening. Yeah, I mean, know? it's the most important thing that we can do is is pay attention, keep our e- eyes and ears open. Yeah. Um. Never, never dismiss an idea as oh, that's you know that's never going to happen or that's unattainable. Um. Any idea could be like the next biggest thing right um one i one good example is that one of our artists brought a a symbol to us that his student had had like sitting in the sun for too long and it wasn't i don't even think it was uh, a zildjian symbol and it was all kind of warped and he liked Mm -hmm. the sound of it and so um you know that could have been something that was easily dismissed it could have been something that was like oh that's a strangely warped symbol at the time no one was making anything like that yeah it ends up being the, the trash former, the the oh yeah yeah, and which is a great seller, and we've since come out with different sizes, and it's a great symbol to put in stacks, and yeah. you know, so you just I can't believe how big stacks are. Now. Oh my gosh, stacks are huge. Well, yeah. I think it. You know why I think it's so big? I think it's because electronic music mm-hmm. was starting to take over. Yep. And then drummers were like, no. We can do this, yeah. And you get the you get like the clap, the clap sounds. sound, exactly. You get all the the cool trashy sounds, yeah. But they're being played by a human. Sure, exactly. You know? And that's kind of the goal. A lot of our artists will come to us and say, you know, I'm hearing this sound, or there's this sound that's in this track. You know, a lot of artists um, who are playing for pop pop stars in particular Mm -hmm. they're recreating music that was um that was recorded in electronic sounds and they want to do that acoustically and so that's definitely something that we are um that we've been doing and that we're continuing to do right um but yeah for sure you know listening to what is happening musically how music is being heard nowadays where files are compressed music sounds different symbols sound different to uh, kids, you know, kids yeah. are not hearing necessarily the big A crashes on an album that was recorded to tape. Right. They're hearing a lot of recorded music that's been compressed. And right. so that's what they have in their head as being their familiar sound. So they're looking yeah. for that. And I think it's really important that we make sure we have that for them. You know, well, that's that's interesting. So like you would you would make a symbol based off of a completely different symbol from a recording because the compression and, and well, like limit, the stack, limiting the stacks, sound different. Yeah, the, yeah, for example, the stacks are like the perfect example of that. But, yeah. but K-Custom Special Dry, and, and one thing that you said earlier too, sometimes we are a little bit ahead of the curve with mm-hmm. some things, sometimes too far ahead. You know, we will come out with something like the original version of the K Custom Special Drive, which was at the time. It came out years ago. Years right? ago. No one had anything like it. It was really unique. And it was, um, people were like, what is this? What? Mm-hmm. You know, and we had artists who loved it. Um, but I think to the general public, they weren't there yet. Yep. And so when we reintroduced that with some new models, it was like, absolutely, you know, yes, it's the time. Yeah. I think it's a um, common misconception that Meinl was mm-hmm. leading the way on the dry sounds. Right. Because this is not true. Right. Cause, and people think that because the Special K Dry series, or am I saying, is that the K right? Custom Special K-Custom Dry. K Custom Special Dry. Yep. Those came out a little bit later so mm-hmm. it felt like Zildjian was behind the curve and just kind of like okay we need to do something that is like this but 
it's really just okay people are into this now we're going to re-release this and make it it even better so exactly yeah Yeah, and the thing that we did with the k custom special dry um is that the sounds of those symbols are inherently zildjian you know it's even though they're very dry and dark and you know the the finish is kind of like dirty looking on them yeah they're still really beautiful yeah and so and they still project you know Mm -hmm. like um, it kind of kills me to see a video of an, of an amazing drummer and I can't hear their cymbals. You know, I can't hear the cymbals and I'm going, wait, I want to hear them. I, I, I just want to know what that sounds like. Um, so like that the was... Biggest pro- like, with even even in small venues and stuff, like... Yeah, sometimes they, in small venues well, you can't they hear. They there's no miking. Yeah, they I know. Set, they won't do it. Yeah. You know? So, l- yeah. luckily... You know, to have have a, a sound engineer travel, travel with myself and, and other people. It's like you can you can really pick it out, right? And then I'll listen back to the playback on the house and be like, no, mm-hmm. ring them up. Yeah, you know? and that that's a great thing to have, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So that that was just one of the things that it's like we want we want them to be heard too. Yeah. You we want them to sound dark and dry and, and also right. for you to be able to hear them. To be able to pick it yeah. out. Sorry to beat yeah. all the symbol talk to death. No. Hey, <laughs> anytime. <laughs> um, so what is like your, your day to day? And obviously you're talking to artists about symbols and mm-hmm. what they, what they like and all that stuff. But do you just sit in the vault or sit in here and just like <laughs> jam away all day? Cause that's, that would be hard. That's what to, you imagine. That, that's, that would be hard to do, but I'm sure there's work to be done. Yeah. Um, I do spend a lot of time talking symbols with okay. artists and, and, um, you know, helping find different sounds yeah. and sound options. We have at least, at least uh, through the summer, almost one artist per day coming in. Um, we have a lot of video shoots happening mm-hmm. throughout the year. We do a lot of shoots in the vault here. That's tomorrow. all. That's all in here. It's done in here. Yeah. yeah. Tomorrow we have um, we have Eric Moore coming in to do some uh, some stick videos. That's great. So we're excited about that, um, and we'll do that video in the in the vault. In the vault. Cool. Um, so yeah, we do. I could imagine you probably have to like change out the kit for whatever mm-hmm. they endorse or whatever the kit the heads the hardware yeah um there's some beautiful i actually ha- i have that one the th- that dw kit the, no the ludwig oh yes yeah that's a pretty kit is that 22 13 16 i think so I it's know. tough to tell from here but i think so <laughs> um yeah no i i we just got these two new kits too um and then we have we try to keep you know all the the a kit from every brand. every com- every brand because yeah. it's especially for video shoots really important. Yeah, you have to. You don't want to um, like stick gaff tape on no, over the logo. Yeah, let's not do that. We want to yeah. <laughs> try to people be, can tell from the hardware and the lugs and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, so like that's a lot. I, I mean, I do um I still do a lot of clinic and event. Um I'm still involved with a lot of that stuff kind of making decisions on what we can support and how much we can um we can do to support those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um signing of new artists and i do a lot of um of research and development and excuse me product development working with the stick team and working with the symbol team Mm -hmm. and um i'm on the sound team here so we meet and go over different sound options what's the sound team the sound sound team is basically um it's a group of eight people from the company and half from the factory and half from the office and we meet to go over um prototypes 
to approve prototype sounds, to go through you know the first run of symbols and assure that they sound like the prototypes and yeah. that everything is um, I remember up doing, to par. I remember doing the sorry, sorry um, I remember doing the tour a few years ago, mm-hmm. and they had like the sample a custom eighteen inch symbol, which is like I guess one of the most popular. Yes, I have a cracked one at home. I need to bring in. <laughs> Get get like drilled out, um, but like I remember just seeing that the sample symbol. It's like what they're going for, and yes. that's when I realized like, oh, this is like this is still a very much a hands on hands on yes. operation, and it's not just like all right, put it in the machine, pump them out, yeah, you know, push a button, like, it comes out like the other that. side. No, yeah. no, it's it's incredible. The amount people of people, yeah, the, the skill that's involved, the amount of people that actually work on these products, mm-hmm. the hand lathing that's done, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the, the products, they range. We have a range of sounds within each single model that's acceptable for that symbol. Right. Um, like you said, there's like the ideal pristine sound. Right. Uh, and then there, if some people would pick that symbol and some people would pick a symbol that's just a little bit lower. It's funny because you say that like I heard the sample. I was like, I don't think I would pick that one. Yeah. It's all it's so subjective. Else. Yeah. And that's why we have the range because we really want people to be able to find their own sound. Right. And when it, someone comes to us as a new artist and they're picking their initial symbol setup, to me, it's like the most exciting day. Do some you know? of them, will they pick it behind a kit? Because I mm-hmm. feel like it's so hard to pick a symbol just by hitting the symbol. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Because you don't know. What we'll usually do is go into the artist vault okay. where we have just rows and rows and rows of symbols. Um, we'll first talk about their particular um what what sounds they love okay and then kind of like help point them in the right direction sometimes people know exactly what they want Mm -hmm. or you know at least the the range of sound and then um sometimes someone will come and they'll be like i'm totally open you know give show me what you have and then you know and and also sometimes people come in and they think they want one thing, and they end up going in a totally other direction. It's usually because, me. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> I'm usually either the second or the third one. Because yeah. like, I'll come in and I'll know in the back of my head like what I want, but I'll mm-hmm. be like, "You show me what you think that I might want, like." Right. You know, and then and then I'll kind of hone it in after that. But right. Sometimes you know, if I go into a restaurant or something, like, "What's your favorite thing on the menu?" and then I'll just get that. You know. Right. Right. Just yeah. Wanna, so you you're open. You're kind of like, open. yeah, let's I'm pretty just open when it comes to stuff like that. Try whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's it's really interesting. We'll usually pick a bunch of symbols, put them on the cart, push them into the drummer's lounge, and then you know they can sit down behind the kit and test them in that yeah environment. Sounds like a cool day. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. it is. It's a really fun part of the job. That's awesome. You get to travel a lot too. What I are do. some of the cool? You know, other than the being backstage and like hanging out with the drummers, which is great and behind the drum sets mm-hmm. gear is always like fun and exciting and sure. cool and all that good stuff but what are like some of the coolest places you've been some of the opportunities you've had i'm sure you go to, like nam a lot and yeah um, yeah the the trade shows um every year i always look forward to them yeah you know it's um it's like a big industry family reunion mm-hmm. and it's so nice to see everybody and just spend time and um and it's a great opportunity to see artists too especially nam because i'm not in la all the time yeah. so you know Do you feel a like chance. it's like too much drums it's and too like much overload. music it's overload 
Because I'm, yeah, I'm like total I love, overload. I love yes. sports. I love because so if I sure. get if I get into it like too much, yeah, then I'm just like okay. I, I know, and I, and I say I always say to the artists that um, Nam isn't the greatest place to come and try out symbols. It's a great place to come and catch up. You know, so okay. having time and and just spending time with artists mm-hmm. is the kind of the goal there. Making connections. Making connections. Yeah, yeah. meeting with um, people who kind of organize events and things like okay. that too. Yeah, yeah. And then industry contacts, uh, the backline companies. Okay. It's a great time to uh, meet with the distributors from all over the world because they all come to Nam as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been the past few years. I've been traveling a lot. We've had artists. Uh, sessions which is like events that we have where we get together with the artists and we show them prototypes we get feedback on the prototypes but we also really just connect with them and spend time with them and Mm -hmm. have them have a chance to spend time with each other too so um, just from the relationship standpoint those events are really valuable so I've been um, this past year we did one in Paris we did one in Amsterdam and we did one in London and then last year we did um, Madrid and Barcelona and Not bad places to go we did yes and, and um, China North Korea uh, sorry North Korea South Korea I doubt it <laughs> South Korea and Japan. Wow. So that was it's it's been it's been really great. Um, Is that tra- from a all lot that traveling hard on you? Um, I mean, I love I love seeing new places. Yeah. I love I love traveling. It doesn't. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of an easy traveler. I think okay. I just kind of go with the flow. Okay. Um. So not really. I do. It's it's interesting being in a whole in a place that's like a whole new world. And okay. I would say China, for example. And are you only away for these trips? Like a few days at a time or, or are you away for depends, any lengthy periods yeah. of time it depends on the trip i mean the longest trips that i take are like 10 days the asia trip okay, is like 10 bad. days um that's how that's how long you want to be yeah yeah it's not bad uh nam usually we do a video shoot before nam so nam ends up being like a 10 day okay as well but you know other trips like the, the amsterdam and london trip that was like four days mm-hmm. so sometimes it's it's quick um so it's not an un yeah, unruly amount of, okay. of travel I guess yeah. but you get to yeah. have fun but it's great you get yeah. to enjoy yourself and you get to see new places and hear new music visit drum shops and mm-hmm. get an idea of you know regional products and sounds which is huge I mean I it's, can really hear that like you have such a passion for it and you really yes. you really love this <laughs> I really do really I love, love this, this a lot. <laughs> I love this job I that's, love this company so cool. you know so cool. I mean I grew up so close and I would drive by, you know, my parents would drive by this area and you can see the sign from the highway. Yeah. From Route 3. And I would see the sign and think, man, that is that has to be the coolest place. And that sign extends across the world. You know, it's yeah. like that. It's so recognizable. It really is. The brand is so big mm-hmm. and I, you know we say like the the brand is even bigger than the, than the company than the industry it's like it kind of yeah. transcends it is drums it is yeah it is you symbols. see <laughs> when you see someone with a zildjian tattoo yeah that to me is like the ultimate yeah um tribute i always like know? to beep at people on the road that have like a zildjian sticker yes, on their car yes yeah like, 
Do you remember that there was a bumper sticker that was like, my other ride is a Zildjian? Yeah. 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 I, I just remember that. Yeah. When that was well, out, was I didn't have a too. car. But. There was a t-shirt because I think I saw yeah. someone wearing that shirt. I don't know if they made it themselves oh, or what they And they were riding a motorcycle. Huh. I like that, that. And that was the t-shirt. That's and if it's funny. not a t-shirt, you need to make yes. that shirt. Specifically for motorcyclists, motorcyclists. So you can see them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's so great. Um is i can imagine education is a massive part of what zildjian vic firth does because that's where the young minds are that's Mm -hmm. where you where you hand them the drumsticks and that's absolutely that's where you know that that first impression like it was for me Mm -hmm. lasts a lifetime absolutely so how how big is that for you when you're signing new artists or or um you know, I don't know if you have contracts with Berkeley or. Yes, we have. We have a an educational contract actually, okay. and it's so it, it is a. It's funny because I don't remember when I was there. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that as like I, I remember Zildjian Days obviously was a thing, and they sold mm-hmm. symbols and at, yep. at uh, what is Guitar Center now, but um, they never like pushed anything on us, especially especially right. the the professors. You know, they're just doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. And they never really talked about it and. And I think that, like, if there was a pair of Vic Firth drumsticks or, or you know, a lot a lot of rooms, mm-hmm. a lot of those guys are endorsed by exactly. certain companies. So mm-hmm. I remember, uh, I think Tony Smith, who I studied with for a long time, was is a uh, Pisces guy. Mm-hmm. And but um, but there are many Zildjian artists there with sure. many Zildjian symbols. Exactly. So yeah. How does all that work? Yeah. So um, you know, <clears throat> we do have a big emphasis on education and. Uh, on the Vic Firth side as well. Yeah. Uh, we we definitely put a lot of uh, time and attention to universe, you know, s- schools and universities mm-hmm. and then individual educators as okay. well f- at all levels. You yeah. know, we have I was actually speaking with uh, Zeke Martin mm-hmm. on at, at Northeastern mm-hmm. Monday. We did we did one of these. Oh, okay. And uh, now he's you know, a friend. We share a lot of the same gigs around town and sure. stuff like that. And he was mentioning that, like, you know, education plays a big role mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But we have <laughs> someone here who's in charge of like educational content. Okay. Doing, you know, putting filming posters and putting posting. And stuff like le- that. Exactly. Yeah, posters, yeah. Um, content online, social media, um, you know, videos that then get posted to social media. Yeah. Swag to send out to the kids. Yes. Key, yeah. Key holders we have, we have um, what we call the clinic pack you know okay. and we send those clinic packs to schools all the yeah. time um we have our artists who do clinics at schools and universities and we do get a lot of applications from educators to be educating artists and so mm-hmm. we're constantly you know considering new artists to be signed educators with um zildjian and with vic firth so right. um, but it is so important i personally remember my you know the sticks that you're handed like become a part of you like the you that logo you see it in your hands all the time and if you're drumming constantly you're you know you have i just remember carrying sticks around with me i always had sticks in my hands yeah and just and in fact i had zildjian 5a drumsticks that was what i had i just grew up 
playing Zildjian sticks. And then the other part of it is the symbols that your teachers play. My drum teacher had a vintage Zildjian ride symbol with eight rivets all the way around. And I will never forget it because he would give me, you know, I'd sit at his kit for the drum lesson and I would play it and it was the most beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I can't wait until I can have. Yeah. That's all right. <laughs> Do you guys? Sorry, sorry. That's okay. We're, we'll be done soon. Sorry. It's okay. Um, <laughs> we are in a place of, you know, of business. People yes, are working. It's working. Oh, yeah, as my phone starts ringing. Look at that number. What that's is a, that? I don't know. That's a little scary. Sounds like you should get it. <laughs> should we find out who it is? probably some kind of weird recorded like yeah not bot, an actual bot or something yeah, yeah no one calls from a little creepy one, one zero 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 it's like one billion i think someone called me from the number one billion yeah um anyway yeah so my my drum teacher had this ride symbol with it was a vintage zildjian ride symbol with eight rivets all the way around mm -hmm. and i was enthralled i was like this is the greatest ride symbol i've ever heard i have to have a ride symbol with eight rivets in it yeah. and it's you know so you do you kind of like what you hear and similarly like i was talking about with the recordings mm -hmm. like what kids are growing up hearing that's what they're looking for right and what you grow up seeing and playing yeah. you know you gravitate toward and it's always like you sit down behind a drum kit and you play a cymbal and you're, if you like it mm -hmm. it's like the search has begun right <laughs> you know it's yes. like you're like oh my god i need whatever this is mm -hmm. or something similar and and you're and you have to find it mm -hmm. you have to get it if you figure something out that's like this is my sound it's this my is sound. what i like you have to go for it you right. have to go find it absolutely know? so what like um you know, you have a lot of big artists and stuff like that. I know the process of of uh, trying to get an endorsement because mm -hmm. I've been rejected many times by many no. different people. <laughs> um, but I, uh, you know, I know a lot of it has to do with social media following, mm -hmm. and uh, obviously you have to be really good. Um, I don't feel like that has to be everything these days. But what is some of the process behind that? What are you looking for? I I would say it has changed so much in mm -hmm. such a short amount of time. Right. You know, we used to be able to, even 10 years ago, we would get an application for someone. Of course, it was a paper application back right. then. Um, and we would look at like how many, how we would look at how many albums have been sold. We would look right. at the bands touring, yeah. you know, amount all of the, touring, all, numbers, all those things. It was, person. yeah, absolutely. It was so geared toward that. Are you signed with a management company? Do you have a record deal? You know, yeah. <laughs> all of that stuff. Well, all those questions are still on there. It's still, it's, and, and some of it is really still relevant, you know, some and, of it in isn't. a way. <laughs> But well, we have new applications. We oh, do okay. have we have new applications right. for Zildjian and Vicfarth, which include a lot of things like social media, yeah, and YouTube links right. and all of that stuff. That you know, it, it, this is where things have gone, right? And it it definitely gives an indication of how the relationship can be beneficial to both the company and right. you know the potential artist. So right. those are all things that we consider now. We also are on both Zildjian and Vic Firth, really exclusive. It's, I think it's probably harder than ever to um, to get a signed endorsement deal. And it's only because things have, the, the, basically the industry is like so much smaller, you right. know? Um, do you feel, do you feel like the, the industry has, is, is almost hamstrung a little bit? Like as a far, as far as what it used to be? Cause obviously 
there is not as much money going into music programs in in schools anymore so less kids are playing music um you know there's there's just less like yeah all around i do find that um it takes a lot more effort you know you have to really be it, pretty much on every level of the music industry um, and music education. Mm-hmm. You know, people are fighting harder for funding. Yep. People are lobbying harder than ever for that. You know, it used to be just a thing. Well, sure, music class was funded in school. That right. was That's how it always was. Right. But as the economy gets tougher, this industry has to work harder suffers yeah yeah and but yeah. it's not i don't think that it's you know failing or that it's beyond i don't even know what i'm saying sorry no <laughs> but I, what, what i think um, what i think what i think you're going for is that you have to reach out a little further yeah that is than, exactly the case then then you normally you can't would just have. do you can't just do what you've always done and right. expect to get the, the same, same results. results now it's you you really have to be on top of everything and you have to be on in every channel you yeah. can't just put a print advertisement out and your product is going to sell yeah like you know like why why cakes. don't you it's, do this with the artists that come in you know because mm-hmm. because a big part a big part of the selling point and, and this is just my opinion i'm not i'm no expert or anything but like a big part of it is hearing what the artists have to say mm-hmm. and i don't necessarily want to see i don't necessarily want to see eric moore thrashing on the drums mm-hmm. every day on his social media maybe you do maybe that's impressive mm-hmm but i don't i don't think i need that what i really want is to hear his approach i want to hear what this life is really all about and i want to hear how that person got to where they are mm-hmm. the actual hard work it took not like you know flashy stuff and and whatever right i think the that, story behind it right yeah. i think there's a way to to bring um bring social media and educating people and real real content not stuff that's like just whatever up in the air you're putting it out there just to put out there Mm -hmm. those things can absolutely be married together right so i see that being being uh, a great way to to reach the handout right and extend um, yeah, to connect on another to connect on another level. Yeah. I, I agree absolutely. And um, we actually have a we have almost an entirely new marketing department mm-hmm. here, and everyone is really really talented at what they're doing. Yeah, um, we have a new. I say new, but she's been here for about a year and a half now. Just in a different uh, senior position. senior vice president of marketing, and she is fantastic and, and, and she's her, her name is Kristen Sadowski oh. um, she is leading the team and really really focused on not only like you know product videos and things like that yeah but also the branding you right. know which is incredibly important and they have put such an emphasis on social media mm-hmm. and kind of all of the marketing aspects um, showing the brand. I don't know if you've seen the the new uh, Zildjian Live videos that have been coming out. We just did one. We just uh, are released. they on um, 
on they're like, on YouTube. They're on YouTube. The, the clips are on social media, but the full videos are on YouTube. Okay. Um, I don't think. No, I don't think so. Don't oh think my gosh! Check them out if you get a chance. Um, Larnell Lewis came out and um, and his video is doing incredibly, like hundreds of thousands of views, which is great. And it's not like promoting. It's not like here's the new such yeah. and such a line. It's here's Larnell playing with the ghost note band mm-hmm. and it's incredible you know the musicianship and the and we filmed it at um east west studios okay right in la last year before yeah. nam yeah, yeah and we did a day of zildjian filming and we did a day of vic firth filming and we invited everyone to come and see all the area artists and the other representatives from the companies and like everybody come and witness this and be present and, you know participate and it was the coolest it was like a you know i say family reunion and i, I throw the word family around but um um, it truly is a family. It's a family right. environment, and we see each other and, you know, embrace it feels, like family. It feels that it, way when you walk in the building. Oh, I love to hear that. No, it really it's, does. And I'm not just saying that. Yeah. Like, it, you walk in, you see all the pictures on the wall, all the history, you mm-hmm. see the drum sets, mm-hmm. and like, it's 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 weighty. Yeah. You know, you, you I don't do you still feel it? When I you feel walk it in? every single day. Well, that's great. I feel it every day. I mean, when I turn into this parking lot and see that sign. Yeah. I'm like, yes, let's do this. same way when, you're, you know? when your parents drove you by years <laughs> Absolutely. ago. Absolutely. When, yeah. when I smell the melt happening, like okay. in, the, in the foundry weird, okay. here. Well, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it is a weird thing to say, but it, it's a significant, it's, yeah. it, it's like, you know, you can smell the, the melt yeah. and you're just like, yeah, they're making symbols today. You know, they're, yeah. they're yeah. melting metal today. Yeah. And these, these things are going to go out and make music yeah. across the world, uh, around the world, exactly. which, is, which is incredible. Yeah. No, that's, that's great. And I think I have like, I don't know, I I just see I have a lot of ideas about it and a lot of thoughts about how I see these companies, um, drum companies and and just how they're represented in places like Guitar Center Mm -hmm. and 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 things like that. Um, And just how it it's. I don't know. I think it can grasp people in a better way, in a a more inspiring way. Um, You know, we can. We can talk about this more af- afterwards, but like, it's just, it's almost there. It's it's almost there, and it it just needs another little push. It needs to get into another place mm-hmm. that kids can be inspired again, rather than yeah. have have like flashiness thrown in their face, right? And um, really see in a cool way what's important mm-hmm. and why you want to be here and why you want to play music and and why yeah. you want to listen to tool in high school mm-hmm. and, and and why you want to listen to lyrics and get the deeper right. meanings out of it and you know, I, I, I think we're I missing agree. a lot of that. yeah i think that you know a, as a company we recognize that yes we're selling a product but yeah we're also selling a feeling you know and Th- yeah and i agree with that you know we if you think about, I mean, I still remember my first my first Zildjian symbol. I still remember it was a pair of hi hats, and they were scimitar hi hats. And okay. if you remember, those were like one I of the don't. first. They were like entry level. Okay. One of the first entry level symbol sets that Zildjian made back then, and they were sold like individually ZBTs too. Or, or ZBTs, yeah, they came out after scimitar. Okay. Um, yeah. And the sim- the scimitar. From where it came from, ZBTs yes. were incredible. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I think I had I like agree. a pair of like CB like yeah. whatever came with the kit. Yeah, exactly. Pla- like the generic. Of, yeah, like yes. you hit it, and every time you hit it, 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 it there was a new dent. Yes, exactly. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, but no, I just I just remember 
I remember the day that I got my hands my first Zildjian symbol, yeah. and it was so significant because it meant that like you were you're a drummer now. I had the same exact experience. <laughs> yeah. With when I got my ZBTs. Yeah. Like. You, it didn't matter, right? It didn't matter no. that it was a ZBT and not well, like I the greatest, I right? Too, I, I didn't too, know either. I was too young yeah. to know. It said Zildjian on it. It said right? Zildjian on yes. it. And I remember like, and, and the guys in the back would be like, why would you do this? Yeah. I remember every time I, I played and it got dirty, mm -hmm. I would clean it. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I would go around the Zildjian. Around the logo. Around yeah. the logo so I didn't get rid of mm -hmm. the logo. I want people to know what I had. Yeah. Um, but I remember cleaning it all the yes. time because I wanted it to stay this shiny new thing. Yeah. And eventually it wasn't anymore. Right. And then and then when you move on to the next step and you get something, yeah. you know, whether whatever whatever it is. Right. Um, so you were you weren't buying a sound because it wasn't like you went through seventy five symbols and you picked the greatest one sound wise. You were buying no. a feeling, right. right? Of it being right. included in this right. community of drummers. And I, I think that's one of the most important things for us to always and keep you in learn mind. What happens later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You you listen more, your ear develops, yeah. you know what you want and then, you know, you mow lawns or whatever yeah. you can do in yeah, order yeah. to make you know because that's like okay I have I must have this for me yeah. it was K Zildjian symbols I mean it was just that like that was like the, the pinnacle the K. I have to have a K yeah. I went from um, the scimitar to um, A customs because mm -hmm. you know it was the 90s and I, it was just oh my gosh they're the most beautiful glassy yeah. the sounding symbols you just look you know? at like, oh, they're shiny yes yeah, I clean those it. all the time too yeah. and then and then your your ear develops you know and, and sounds change and right and I was like, I just can't wait to have a set of K symbols. And I actually didn't get them until I interned here. I was going to ask, like, for, when, did, when did it finally happen? Yeah, I was interning here, and that was, um, like, the parting gift was the ability to pick out a set of symbols, that which was the most incredible badass. thing. Yeah. That is so cool. It was the coolest thing. So I which, still remember which everything case was about it? that Was it day. just, like, um, what sizes did you pick? It was 14-inch um, K hi-hats. Right. And then the hybrid line had just come out, or maybe it was in prototype stage at that time. I'm trying to remember. But um, I got a couple of hybrid symbols. And then um, it was a K. The ride was a 22-inch K custom medium ride, which I still think is maybe one of the most underrated ride symbols ever. It's super cool. It's which, like brilliant finish on the bottom. 22-inch um, K custom medium ride. Okay. And it's um, brilliant finish on the bottom. Right. And the bell is awesome, and it has great stick definition, and you can crash it. It's kind of like what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Um, yeah. I always pull that ride out when someone's like, I need this, this, and this, you know, and now we have the K-Suites, which yeah. is great, too. My my opinion on it, yeah, I think you should be able to crash anything. Mm. You know, that's that's just kind of where where it goes, mm -hmm. whether, whether you're going to hit it hard or mm -hmm. if you're just going to push into it. Right. Um, but... I like I like to have the ability to crash anywhere, or yes. or, or have a different sound that I can crash on. Mm -hmm. Whether it's like a more stiff sound that a ride offers, right? Washy and and yeah, you know. I, I'm in the same boat. I love you know crash ride symbols, thin ride symbols. Yeah. Um, the A Sweet Ride was always one of my favorites. The 21 inch Sweet Ride, yeah. And then that 22 inch K Constantinople medium thin low is just so beautiful. That's such a great symbol. Such a great crash too. Such a great symbol. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, are there any things coming up? 
in Zil- in the Zildjian world, in the Vic Firth world, that drummers should know about, that um, parents of kids getting mm-hmm. into music should know about, um, any particular players they should listen to. Like my f- some of my favorites to listen to right now. Um, Nate Smith. Yes. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't love Nate yes. Smith at this point? <laughs> um, he's he's just one of those guys that figured out how to find the the, the niche. And, yes, absolutely. And he's an incredible player. He's so great. Be- love like, Nate. You need to tell me what symbols he plays, um, what 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 he has in his setup right now because he has an incredible sound. Um, and I play the same. I play Ludwig drums, so mm-hmm. it, he's one of my favorites right now. Yep. Steve Jordan's always been one of, one of my favorites. I know he's not one of your guys. Yeah. Oh no, he's a brilliant drummer. I though. wish. I he's wish so he was. Great. Yeah. Um, but we can't have them all. I always with, say that. With, you know. I see. He's been with them a long time. A long time. But um, yeah. who else? There's just so many, so many great ones yeah. out there right now. I mean, I, uh, you know, Larnell, Larnell Lewis is one mm-hmm. of those guys who's just like. Um, Everything he does is so great. Yeah. Um, Don't you just hate those people. So <laughs> I love them. Yeah. That's what um, you're supposed to say. Uh, I've been listening to Anderson Pack a lot over the past couple of years. So He's have I. so great. He's so great. I love him as an artist. Mm-hmm. I love his music. Yes. Obviously, he's drumming. Yep. The Tiny Desk Concert on Incredible. YouTube. Everyone should go out Everyone and watch should, that. Please. I like that. That's my favorite thing that he's done. It is mine too. Um, yeah, that's my. That's actually my favorite um, Tiny Desk that I, th- I want to say, was that two years ago that that came out? I Probably. feel like it was two years ago. Probably. And like that whole, it was right when Tiny Desk started like really getting a following and that was... Uh, I think it was a little after that because Tiny Desk had like Jason Isbell. Oh yeah, um, I, had... I think among the, I'm just saying like among the drumming community because oh. I don't think they featured like after that yes. came um, Kareem. Yeah, did, yeah, yeah, did a whole thing and Nate, Nate Smith. Nate did it. Yeah. yeah, so I think that like all of a sudden among drummers it was like, oh, did you see this Tiny Desk? Did you see that mm-hmm. Tiny Desk? And um, I just yeah I love that that series, but the mm-hmm. Anderson Pack one is definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, he's he's cr- is, so is he a Zildjian artist? He's not. He's a Sabian artist. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I'm just a fan of drumming in general. So of course, of course. Gotta, gotta yeah, at some everybody. at some point you have to <laughs> the line has to go away and, and you just be like, all right, I just love love to yes. hear these people play. Yeah, I mean, I'm you know a lot of my time is being Sarah from Zildjian. That's mm-hmm. kind of like the and now Sarah from Zildjian and Vic Firth. Yeah. Um, but you know, Sarah the drummer is a whole nother. It's still a very important part yes, of Sarah. Yes, exactly. And, and you can you can definitely sense it, and it's awesome. Oh, good. Thank um, you. Are you so so? What are some of the things that you guys have coming up? So anything we, special, special events, maybe in Boston or yeah. Or we actually have. We're working on a few events and video shoots. Okay. Um, nothing is set in stone at the moment because they'll be like later in the pr- probably toward the end of the year actually. Okay. But we'll be filming at PASIC. We'll be filming at the UK Drum Show. We have a ton of artists at the UK Drum Show. Okay. Um, a lot of our events happened in the first part of the year where we gathered a ton of content. So that content's being edited right now and will be released. We have Zildjian Live videos that are coming up. Yeah, which I'm so, going to check out. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, Kaz Rodriguez and Larnell have been released. Um, and we have a bunch coming up. Um, Aaron Spears is closing mm-hmm. it out. His is going to be released, I want to say, in November. He was just here recently, um, right? 
with with Ariana? Yes, he was here over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Yep, and um, so yeah, we've we have we have a bunch of content coming out, and then um, a lot of other things scheduled, a lot of other shoots scheduled, like this this right. Eric Moore thing happening tomorrow. Cool. Um, and we're working on Missed some him by new... one day. I know. <laughs> I know. I'll tell him you said hello. Tell him I said hello. He'll be like, who? Yeah, Jesse. Who? You can get him on here. That'd be yeah, great. Talk to him. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, we've, we we're working on some new products right now that I aren't aren't quite out there yet, so I can't go into them. But really exciting things, especially for drummers who are just starting, okay. and so excited about. So mostly them. entry level stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's great. And then and then some other things that are, you know. Um, professional level symbols that are kind of like really cool and different so the release dates haven't been announced yet but some of that stuff will be coming out in the fall how do you base what to make for the um for the young kids how do you like how do you change that or or get ideas for how to change those things a couple things come into play one is the price point you know we need to make sure that we're making things that are affordable Mm -hmm. to kids um just like you and i like Mm -hmm. you know when you're first starting out you need to be able to um have symbols that are affordable but the quality is good where you're not going to hit them and they're going to bend right you know and they'll and that they'll sound kind of good enough you know you you especially when you're a kid and you have a little bit of a discerning ear Mm -hmm. and you can tell the difference between like the generic symbols that came with the kit or you know an actual like zildjian product so i I imagine you also don't want something that's too harsh sounding because Mm -hmm. i feel like the last thing parents want to hear at a at a harsh noise concert is just like you know like crazy (laughs) high-pitched stuff yeah yeah i mean we always are making like the best symbols we can possibly make within that price point yeah um and then the other thing is the low volume symbols are incredible for yeah. practice I get some of those from my house I, you know what i it my took me a while i do have some <laughs> yeah um we introduced them and they were so popular that they were on back order for yeah. a while so even yeah. i i was like yeah well, a I'll couple get them. different versions of them now too right there well we came out with some new sizes, new sizes. initially it was just a box set we okay. came out with um a splash symbol and a 20 inch crash ride cool um but i feel like if i had those when i was a kid i would be a better drummer now because i would have been able to play, play more. more right yeah. so i think kids are really lucky that they have that option now and yeah. the parents are too yeah and the you know the quiet the silent stroke heads and all of that it's yeah it's pretty amazing my uh my first drum kit my house was so small growing up <laughs> Our basement was, like, filled with crap. And, like, my first drum kit was set up in our living room. Mm. And I would mm-hmm. play every day. Yeah. So I'm playing every day in the living room. And my mom goes to my dad. I was like, how about we... He's good, but how about we clean up that basement a bit? And then the basement became, like, my domain. Yes. You know? and, That's important, yeah. right? Have yeah, a you little, have to have your space, space where you can feel, you know, your, quote, unquote, like, safety net your safe space where you can play and and mess up and and blast music and and do your thing and all that stuff but i I remember playing on um kitchen stools like at the island you know playing Mm -hmm. like setting up the stools yeah and like a drum set vague vague drum set configuration and playing on them and then the other thing i remember is um at nighttime, you know, when we're watching television and 
can't even remember what I would have been watching back in the day, but mm-hmm. like setting up pillows yeah. in, in a vague drum set configuration oh, yeah. and playing on pillows. And years later, someone asked Dennis Chambers at a clinic um, about practice. And he said, yeah, I always played on pillows. And that I helped me. This. Yeah. I and I've I was thinking this. like, huh. Thomas Purgeon does the same right. thing too, I think. Or he said, mentioned something about it. Or, yeah. or there was a Instagram yeah. video of him playing, playing on, on pillows. pillows. And I think Jojo Mayer might have done that on mm-hmm. a on a uh, just as a demonstration. I think That's he goes so like, interesting. well, if you're playing like this, then you should be able to have rebound on mm-hmm. a floor tom. And yeah. then he plays on a pillow. And then he literally plays on a piece of paper. Wow. And it's like it's someone holding a piece of paper in the air, and he's ha- getting and he's rebound. On it. On I'm it. like, this is this That's guy. Amazing. This guy's bananas. I yeah. love that DVD. That's a great DVD. Yes, uh, he's modern a- weapons or weapons for the modern drummer. That's a great, great, great uh, drum DVD. He's so great too. Not a Zildjian guy. I'm sorry. Oh, it's all good. It's a, he's a great player. He's a Vic Firth guy. He is a Vic Firth yeah. guy. I do like his sticks. Mm-hmm. A little short for me, a little stubby, but I do like the the white coating on his sticks, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Have you tried the um, the freestyle sticks yet? The Vic Firth freestyle. They're like a little longer, standard sizes, okay. a little bit, a little bit of extra length. I have to give that a try. What I want to do is cool. I ha- I've been having problems lately playing live. Um, where the tips will chip mm-hmm. very early into the life of the stick. And um, I uh, I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's like just how the grain was on the wood. And this isn't like a customer complaint. Yeah. Um, but uh, I've been having an issue, and I'm thinking maybe I'm, I'm thinking about switching to more of a barrel tip because mm-hmm. I think that with more surface area, maybe I'll get... Um, a little bit of a not darker tone but a little bit more of an even tone and uh and less and more surface area so it doesn't chip as mm-hmm. easily yeah i mean it i think everyone i think try try a few different things yeah. and see what you think i think just everyone plays differently and everybody yeah. you know hears things differently I, I know what you're thinking it's like well maybe you're just doing it wrong maybe you're <laughs> terrible at no i'm just kidding <laughs> i would never think that or well, say maybe that you're a terrible no, drummer. <laughs> never 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 no i just um you know and and actually when you talk about the grain yeah. of the wood yeah. it's really interesting because i went to the stick fa- factory for the first time a few years back and had no idea what actually goes into making a drumstick and how no intense it is it is incredible yeah, like no clue down to the percentage of humidity that, that is allowable in the wood wow. it's just like a couple of of um of percentage points right. it's in it's so fine everything about it and and the grain and how straight it has to be and the color of everything i mean it's it's intense it's you know absolutely I, amazing you know what i didn't know this is so stupid i thought for some reason that like every pair of drumsticks came from you know obviously there's like a block of wood mm-hmm. i thought the pairs came in the same block of wood and then i saw a video of them it's probably like the same tree or something but like i saw a video of them just throwing out a whole bunch of sticks on the thing and trying to find ones that like look oh, similar. Oh yeah, and stuff yeah, like to that. match them to, to match make them the up. matches. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So the matching process is pretty amazing too. Yeah, um, weighing and you know pitch pitch match. I mean, right? There's, a, there's so much crazy like everything that's that's examined yeah. about these sticks. It's amazing, but that's yeah. where you know the reputation comes for for mm-hmm. the best 
you know the best quality yeah, so totally well i is there anything else you want to talk about anything uh company related or drum related anything you want to ask me about the show or anything or um, man um this is the first time we met by the way yeah, I, mean, it's I, know. Like, I really appreciate you appreciate appreciate you doing this uh, absolutely and, uh, thank you it's, it's, it's my so pleasure awesome. i mean it's always just just even an excuse to come down to the zildjian factory is yeah is pretty incredible so i feel the same way it's uh i i really appreciate it yeah for sure awesome Thank you. Thanks. And that's it. That's my conversation with uh, Sarah Hagen. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. And if you want to write into the show, it's afterthegigpod at gmail.com. And I'll see you next week. Peace. Babe, I don't want to go back to the hotel with the band To just stay up late with the chambermaids And talk about traveling plans my mother didn't raise me to let you walk back alone Yeah, I know you've done it about a hundred times But baby, let me get you home Seven songs we dance So don't let it all be for nothing Take me home and give me something to remember Baltimore If I get the chance well, I'll call you from Kansas City Cause there ain't no girl as pretty as a girl from Baltimore And I know what you're thinking, baby, it just ain't true Most nights I wait out back to bum cigarettes off the crew Tomorrow morning I'm leaving and I won't be back till June So who cares what your friends are thinking, oh, I'll forget me soon I swear I'm only looking for conversation No expectations on my mind Seven songs we dance So don't let it all be for nothing Take me home and give me something to remember Baltimore If I get the chance Well I'll call you from Kansas City Cause there ain't no girl is pretty as the girl from Baltimore Oh, if I thought my heart could find If I thought my heart could find a way A way to leave these wild nights behind Hang up my guitar We dance, so don't let it all be for nothing Take me home, give me something to remember Baltimore If I get the chance, well I'll call you from Kansas City Cause there ain't